Welcome back to the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I'm Chase Holden. I'm joined with Dale Tanhart, uh, a man that that I missed this past weekend um, at the LA Coliseum for the NASCAR Clash. It was uh, it was the the first race of the season uh, for myself with NASCAR. Didn't have Dale there with me. Uh, Dale was at a wedding and was watching from uh, a bar. Dale, how was the weekend for you? It was fun. Congratulations to one of my best friends, James, and his newly wedded wife, Elizabeth. Had a great time out there in Nashville and tried to continue to spread the Lord's word uh, to all the bars around the United States, which is turning on the NASCAR races for everybody to see. Um, But yes, I had very, very severe FOMO seeing all your stuff. Met Young Gravy, Alvin Kamara, and all those cool motherfuckers that that go out in L.A. Uh, very, very severe FOMO. And I can just now seeing both sides now. I went last year and saw on TV this year. It's not a great TV race. It's not a great TV race, in my opinion. But it is an amazing experience in person. And I'm excited to hear kind of you're uh, about your experience this year compared to last year uh at the los angeles coliseum because on tv it's just not it's not the best race and this race in particular was way slower because of the repeated wrecks and cautions and yellows uh really really slowed down a lot in the midpoint of the race but in person i'm sure it was a blast it's just totally two totally different experiences yeah, I, I just I have to say um, it was definitely more of a, uh, a a lively event. I feel like I mean, last year was lively, but like this year, you, you could definitely tell like there were more people on the top deck uh, where we watched from last year. And obviously that's because, you know, we were in the, the downward side of, you know, the covid uh, protocols. So, you know we had to wear masks and things like that last year. So I feel like people were a lot more like free and, and people were roaming around and, and there was, there was definitely more like celebrities that showed up. There were, uh, it was just, it, it just seemed like there was a different energy to it for sure. I wish you could have been there. And yeah, was the interaction with young gravy. Okay. So, uh, it's a funny story. So I am walking with Buddy. Buddy went with me this past weekend. It was his first time going to Los Angeles, first time uh, going to the Clash. And uh, we had pre-planned this a couple months ago. But Buddy is also a huge Young Gravy fan. I feel like everybody in the world is now. And I can remember in like 2017 when he came out, or 2016 when he came out with Mr. Clean. And I was like bumping that. And everybody was like, who the fuck is Young Gravy? And I was just like, this Young Gravy. And now everybody knows John Gravy. But I was one of those guys who was like, yes. who is this guy? Because my friend JC was listening to Young Gravy like same time frame, four or five years ago. And I was like, who who is this guy? I have no clue. And now he's huge. Dude, it's it's wild how the come up has been for him. Cause like I it was like him and baby no money, like booming. That was like that's still like my favorite song by them. But yeah, man. So we're in the garage and you know, you you and I had kind of like bounced back and forth. I think you had like quote tweeted uh, a picture from him with X games when we were in Daytona for the Rolex 24. 
and he had on the Mark Martin jacket and you were like, what you know about Mark Martin and NASCAR? And I feel like that was just kind of like one of those moments where like, I'm sitting in the car at the dirt track after Ricky got done running. I'm like, that dude's going to come to a NASCAR race. Like I feel it. So we're walking out. It's out of sight, out of mind. I had already forgotten about it. We're walking out of the garage area, which is like the parking lot, you know, at, at the Coliseum, same setup as last year. And I just see his tall ass just like walking, uh, like going down where we were going back towards the Coliseum. And, and I just looked at him and, and like, I just acted like this dude was supposed to know who I was. <laughs> and I was just like, you made it. He was like, hell yeah. I was like, you made it, man. I'm proud of you. Proud of you, man. And I like dabbed him up and I was like, can we get a pick? And he was like, yeah, for sure. And I had a Celsius in my hand. Like I, I went by Justin Haley's, uh, uh, his, his hauler and saw him and, and Carly and, and all the squad, Chris and, and Matt and them. So he was like, yo, can I have some of that Celsius? And I was like, I mean, I guess he was like, don't worry. I trust your lips. Swear to God. What? That is hilarious. We did not talk about this ahead of time, by the way, everybody. Oh, like we waited uh, till this podcast for me to ask. Had to, but uh, yeah, he so he just took the Celsius out of my hand and um, and we got a pick. And and I told him, you know, I appreciate him coming out and I I told him, come to more, like, don't let this be like the last one, like, keep, keep buying NASCAR jackets, keep, you know, supporting what nascar is and just putting the vibe out there and he was like big bet and we walked on and made our separate ways that is insane dude he trusts my lips that is that is some kind of trust dude like i would not ever like anyone that ever came up to me i just would never ask hey man can i have some of your drink please like i just could not do that and i'm also like I'm also like big germaphobe guy, so certainly not. I may not be the person to comment on that, but like, that's just hilarious. That's just so funny that he would do that. He caught me off guard, man, because like you don't you don't think that people that are you know I always have like this assumption in my mind that like people that are like musicians, celebrities, whatever, like they're very like weird about shit like that, right? But no, not Young Gravy. Young Gravy don't give a shit um he's just out here living life but yeah i got to see some pictures of him like he got to go hang out with noah gregson at the hauler i I don't know if if that was like pre-planned for him to come there with noah but he was they had like a celebrity list that was sent out and he was on there so apparently like a bunch of people just reached out to a lot of different people and and got to bring him out there like chuck liddell was there he was just sitting in the stands with his kids and like saw a picture of him yeah like the ice he's here and then yeah alvin kamara uh it was good to see alvin alvin and i kind of like stirred up a a small relationship and we you know him and i saw each other but what what was the best part about it was alvin like saw me when i was walking back and we dabbed up we chatted for a second and then he was like hey come here and i walked over with him and my boy like my good friend the first guy i ever did a garage guys podcast with like live his name's tavechi he is a fashion designer out of new orleans like me and this guy got really tight and was rocking a lot of his clothes like he has the ghost line and made in the hood just a great dude and like he's just there and he was like what the fuck and i was like dude me and this dude just like hugged it out for like five minutes and talked and caught up because he had been back and forth to la so alvin was like laughing because of like him and i like we were like two little schoolgirls 
like just just seeing each other again and we chatted some more and uh hopefully we got some really cool stuff uh coming up you know for the new orleans area louisiana area you know this year or maybe going into next year so things are really good on that end so it's always good to see him and especially good to see tavechi get out to a nascar race because i was trying to get him out to race it since like 2019 and uh so it was his first one that he got to enjoy and then of course large uh spider were there uh doug's uh, so shout out to the Barstool boys. And uh, and then there was a ton of other people there, man. Like uh, got to meet Benny uh, from Avoid, uh, the band Avoid. Like it's Avoid Kicks Ass on Twitter. He was the guy that got ripped on for screaming the national anthem at the truck race in Vegas. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, yeah. 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 That's hilarious. Yeah. So Benny, like I had I had taken up for him like whenever that happened, I was like more emo screaming national anthem and NASCAR truck series. And he was like, dude, you were like the only person that came to my defense. And I was like, I found that hard to believe, but he remembered that apparently. And so retire, he's going to be at the 500. Uh, he was there with Cody Ware. So yeah, there was just, it was a ton of people and obviously the usual suspects. And, uh, but yeah, as far as the celebrities go, like uh, that was, kind of like the the ones that I got to hang out with and, and shoot the shit with for a little bit. So it was, it was fun on that, that end, just seeing more people there and, and more people that are first time NASCAR fans. Like that was what it was all about. But yeah, like you're talking about the, the, the watching it on TV and stuff. Like I was watching it from up top and it was definitely caution after caution after caution. Like it went on for a while, but I think it's just because these guys have realized they can beat and bang these cars a lot more than they knew last year. Well, also, I mean, a big problem is we have too many cars in the field. And this isn't just like an L.A. Coliseum thing. This is like dating back through the history of NASCAR. It should be way tougher to get into this race. Like these, this race and the all-star race should not field very many drivers. And especially at this racetrack with and on another note, like we have the idea and rumors that they want to do a points race here. No. That's fucking crazy. Come on. There, there should not even be a debate about that. But with this race, especially being at the Coliseum, there should only be 18 to 20 drivers at the most in the main event. Like I love the way they do the heats, the format. It's awesome. I love having a halftime for this kind of event because it is in a it's more about the experience, I think, than than the on track product itself, if you're going to the race. Now I think to appeal to everybody watching on TV a little bit differently. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a complete fucking caution fest because now you're just not enjoying it. You're going to enjoy it if you're there and all these cautions come out because you're there because it's the event, it's the atmosphere, it's the magnitude and, and the, the feeling of importance that you're there at the Coliseum at a football field for the race. But for everybody on TV, I know there are a lot of people that were upset, that were miserable, that probably turned it off because it was so slow in the middle of the event with all the cautions and the wrecks. And having 27 cars in the main event is crazy. Absolutely crazy. If we continue to race here, it's got to be 18 to 20 cars, maybe. And, and that will reduce not all the bumper tag, but I think it will definitely help to a certain degree on the calamity factor 
yeah denny denny hamlin obviously he's got a new podcast out uh no he was he had kind of the same thoughts thought process on that like yeah he was mentioned like you know it's sad he was like you know like brad and chris busher like they rfk came out there they didn't even make it and then like of course like ricky didn't make it so it's like these teams are spending a ton of money to get out you know to la Wait, so was he saying it was it's like everybody should be in the main event no, or was he saying, he's saying what you're saying he's saying that like there should not be that many people like it should be based off of like how you perform in the previous season there should be like stipulations like and but- that's how and that's how the bush clash was back in the 80s and the 90s like a lot of big drivers would not make it because they didn't win a poll the year prior and i don't care how nascar does it if it's like poll winners if it's race winners if it's uh you want to add one to two provisionals for champions or defending race winners that's okay it's got to be under 20 drivers like this is an event that especially with it being at the coliseum you cannot field this this many amount of cars or it will lead to what we saw this past weekend and i feel like it will get worse every single year because there's no consequences for anybody i mean kevin harvick was out there just fucking dumping anybody I mean, there's no, there's no consequence. He's running last, just dumping everybody in front of him. Like uh, it's just, and it wasn't just him, obviously, but well, a lot of people got turned. There, there was a lot of people. yeah, yeah. It, it was just there was accordion effects where one guy just sends it way too hard in the corner, hits the guy in front of him, who hits the guy in front of him, who's hits the guy in front of him and launches them into a guy on the outside and spins him out. I mean, it was just. It was fun. Like I think it was. A, it's a fun event, but I think there's a way you could kind of clean it up to make it more, to make it more fun for people at, watching at home. And more than that, which we hadn't even talked about, that Truex won the race. And from a betting side of things, he was like twenty five to one on some books before uh, practice and qualifying. The betting side was was so neglected; it was ridiculous. Like. That's another thing. I, I put a tweet out yesterday or the day before about how, like, we should have been able to bet on the heats. We should have been able to bet on qualifying. We should have had more matchups. We should have had top five odds, top 10 odds. And we had none of that. So, talking about catering to the person watching on TV, this is a race that will certainly become more fun if you have skin in the game. And the books really did not do nearly enough to allow people to use betting as a way to make the event more fun. No, I mean, you could, you could bet on people to win in top three and like fucking four matchups, but dude, I mean, and people were in my mentions, like how fun would it be to bet on the heats? That would be so fun. That would be such a good little rush. You should like, that's where I stand on that. I mean, it's almost like they, like the clash, like NASCAR had to deal with the sports books and the, the contract got inked the day before the race. So odds makers had like no time or the week before. I mean, all we, we they could have had way more with a week. They could have out with a week. Like this was like Saturday. They finalized the deal. And then Sunday here. Well, we're going to, you didn't have, you still had nothing. You still didn't have hardly anything. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it happened. So last minute, they weren't even able to get a good selection out there for people to bet on this race. Cause they, I see, I see what you're saying. 
Yeah, yeah. They definitely should have had more. I mean, you should have had all kinds of things. Like I saw your tweet that you put out. I quote tweeted, um, and 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 I I had even mentioned myself, like, like let's say like at a race like the clash, like last place, yeah. Uh betting on people to not make the clash. Maybe that's kind of a negative thing. It's still a bet. It's still something that people could do because you know there's gonna be a ton of people come out and they're probably gonna bet on that. Well, so, are you I think you could have they did it for the all-star race. Um, I don't think it was last year, but the year before where you could bet on everybody had odds on their chance to transfer into the main event. Yeah. Like, and I, I actually hit a bet in 2021 on uh, Eric Almarola to qualify his way. No, I think it was, no, it was last year. It was, it was 2022 at Texas. Yeah. I, I had a bet on Almarola to qualify his way in to the, to the all-star race. And he did, and he was the last of what it was. I I, I think it was like top ten or eleven or something. He was the last guy who to advance. Uh, no, it was just advanced to the second round of qualifying. Yeah, That's all it was. Like it's just sad. Like we're going backwards. It feels like we're going backwards. Like like if they did that, then they should have definitely had that for this one. You know, so it's like, that's why I say it just seems like it was just so last minute. Like Barstool was the first book that had odds out for the clash. And that came out the night that we came back from the Rolex. And then, you know, some of the other books started like slowly trickling, following suit. Like you should have class. We we should have had clash odds out like before the Rolex. Like that should have been hyped up big because let me be honest with you, like L.A., like the actual city. There were billboards everywhere for this race. Like they, they, they really stepped up the game with like trying to market the race more this year. And I, I can, I can vouch for that because we were in LA last year. Maybe we didn't get to go to as many places, but they definitely had like billboards all through downtown because, because Buddy and I stayed in downtown. So there was, there was literally like billboards everywhere. Like people were talking about it. Like I was getting off elevators and like, I remember getting out of the elevator at the parking garage and the dude was like, did you go to the NASCAR race? I went last year. I didn't get to go this year. Like people knew what was happening and going on. So it's like, if you're going to put that much effort into it, like you definitely have to have this side of it, especially like you're saying, if we're, if we, it's almost like we're going backwards. We should, we should have had those things. So hopefully next year, you know, we will have the type of selection for the clash as we do like right now for like the 500 or even a week ago that we had for the 500. I feel like we had more, more selection, you know, like we, I think top three odds for Daytona came out what last week sometime. Well, what's so weird about this is NASCAR killed it with their social media game. They killed it with just their investments uh, obviously, building the racetrack has to cost a shit ton of money. The advertising and bringing all these important people and celebrities, uh, the concerts that were, that took place, they killed it in every single aspect to make it better for the fan. But they completely neglected the betting side of it somehow, some way. And I mean, I would be lying if if I said I knew how this all works on the inside. The, I just feel like their NASCAR would have some sort of control and offering more variety and more lines i don't think that's a, a bad assumption yeah no you just I, can't I, and and this race and specifically this race has a format that makes the potential betting outcomes even better than like the daytona 500 because you have the heats because you have 
a halfway point, like which I mean, you could say stages are basically the same thing from a betting standpoint, but the heats alone, the ability to transfer or miss the race, like you could have so many amazingly fun outcomes and there, there just wasn't enough. And I'm going to like, I hate the reasoning, but I'm going to bank on the reasoning that they didn't have all this because simply it was an exhibition race. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep my hopes up that that was the reason why that was the main reason. And going to believe that the markets are, are going to move forward and be, uh, more diverse than they were last year in 2023. No, they definitely will be. And, and I think that they can't take a step back anymore at this point. Right. Like enough people have came out and said stuff for it. Like I'm just taking a look right now at this celebrity list and I can easily see like if they had to pay books to put stuff up, which they don't. And I don't know if they, if any of that happens, but I don't think they would, but if they did have to pay, like if they had to have a budget to pay books to like do this, they spent all this budget on getting celebrities there. I just realized that like Han from Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift was there. Like he was there. I didn't even know that. Um, looking around cool. some of these people. Yeah. Shout out to him. Ke- dude, Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn. Yeah. He, I saw he was there. I, I, I fucking love Keyshawn Johnson, man. Dude, Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard was there. And Kristen Bell, dude. Like they were there. Tyga. Where's he been? Tyga was there? What? Damn. Taylor Lawton. Damn. I like And you, did, you probably didn't even see how. Like, that's what's. I mean, that's cool, though. It's like there's so many of these people here. Like you could be there and, and be in a good spot and not even see all of them. Right. Like it was even crazier. Like like so they have us like I'm looking at this email right now and I'm just going to I'll share it with you eventually. But like they had a celebrity list. Right. And then if you keep scrolling down, Jimmy Johnson had his own celebrity guest list. OK, total total F1 move for Jimmy Johnson and first year with Legacy Motorsports. He had Kurt Russell out. Uh, Kate, Kate Hudson, uh, G- Glenn Powell and Gigi Paris. Uh, I don't even know who some of these fucking people are. Um, but yeah, like he, Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton, like, like they're just like, all right, Jimmy, make a list. Wait, I have, okay. I have the celebrity list. Cause, uh, yeah, you were, I, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So like we the- were approved, just couldn't make it. You know? Yeah. Well, no, I I definitely talked to him. I, I made sure everybody in the media center because the people asked about you. People were like, "Where's Dale?" And I'm like, "He had a wedding." I was like, "He, you know, he he had to be there for his boy." How about um, Rob Lowe being the Grand Marshal? Did he wear a NASCAR hat like he did with? No, him? no. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been cool. Would have been, man. Yeah. Who the fuck is Dixie Diamello? Like, am I? I'm I'm old. Who is it? See, I didn't know. I somebody said something in reply on either Twitter or Instagram. I'm not sure. Maybe it was TikTok. She, I, I only know her from like being like a TikTok star, but apparently she sings too. And oh. she was like part of some kind of performance. I, you know, Danny, I'm looking right here. I, I remember seeing this. Danny Trejo was there. Did you, did you see him? LA sports. Uh, I didn't get to see him, but Buddy got to shake hands with him. So also, a lot of college football in the building. Bryce Young was there. Will Levis, uh, the, who's the Kentucky quarterback. Bryce Young's Bama's quarterback. Uh, Caleb Williams was the honorary starter. It was I mean, do that. Linehart there. I did get to see Matt Linehart. I didn't introduce myself, but I saw him. Linehart. You mean Liner? Liner. Whatever. Yikes. Come on, dude. Mark Sanchez was there. Reggie Bush. Okay, yeah, they work for Fox, so that makes sense that they're there. I'm looking at this right now. 
Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Good list. Very good list. That's that's like that's like I know like Reggie US, USC boy Matt USC boy. So I mean they just had the oh yeah movies out there mainly. But let's yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Martin Truex. Yeah, and and the he's the out, actual race. He's out as of much. Him. No, no, he is not. He's, no, he is not. He is. Uh, he's got a he's got a new TV show. Maybe roses. Who knows? Um. So yeah, he is. He was fast as shit, dude. And th- when I saw him in qualifying, and I saw him run, like I was honestly blown away because, like, you think back, right? Like, you know, they Toyotas had issues, and you said it, and I gotta give it to you. I give you a little hand clap. You you've been talking about them Toyotas, bro. You have been talking about them Toyotas. So I just want to give you a little hand clap there. I appreciate that. If only it was. You know, I kind of was focusing on well, you know, Denny Hamlin was Denny Hamlin was one of my top plays, and he led the first portion of that race and got fucking thumped oh, out of the way. He was leading, bro. Like, dude, yeah, that, yeah. that was a moment, bro. That fuck the crowd went nuts. Like we were all hyped for Bubba. Cause like Bubba was getting it, dude. And like I, I really do feel like Bubba would have got a top three if he wouldn't have got turned. And and I couldn't bet on that, but I did put a tweet out. I was like, if I could bet, I'd probably you would say that Bubba's gonna get wrecked. Or oh, Bubba top three. Uh, oh, Bubba top three. Okay, okay. Bubba top three, and then that happened, and then RIP. But yeah, with Martin Trex, dude, like it was, like I, I really, it really sunk in, like towards the end, like because whenever they had w- one of the many million restarts in the race, when when he just like took off and just left everybody, I was like, yeah, like that dude. As long as he just plays it perfect and the car doesn't break, like he's gonna win. Because Ty Gibbs, obviously the day before, car caught on fire. That was kind of a big story. Everybody was talking about that. Like, oh, and like immediately, like all it takes is one little thing to happen, and all of NASCAR Twitter just erupts. Like NASCAR's going to hell again. The cars are broke. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. this fucking car had an issue. Shut up. That's how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, with him doing that, man, I mean, it's just like, are we, are we, should we prepare for the Martin Truex Jr. revenge tour? Because he said he's mad. They see. Yeah. I think, I I think we should. And, and first things first, you know, all jokes aside, like definitely all thoughts and and prayers go out to Sherry. Who's been uh, obviously a big part of Martin's life over the last, shit decade and a half plus and and everything she's going with going through with her battle with ovarian cancer very inspirational and we know they are not together anymore respect the privacy yada 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 all that kind of stuff but yeah martin i mean the narrative of like he is he's a new man right like he he's a new guy in 2023 he had a terrible year last year in 2022 and he had good cars and just really, really bad luck. Just nothing would come together for Martin Truex last year. And, and yeah, I appreciate you recognizing my, my comments on Toyota throughout all the preseason. Oh, yeah. If they have even half or if they're slightly better than what they were at the beginning part of last season, which was terrible, uh, then they're going to have a big year. If, if, for that first 12 races of the year, if they're a little bit better than they were in 2022, which already I think we're going to, I know you can take the clash and say, Oh, it's just the clash. It's a totally different racetrack. But the fact that you had three or four of their guys up front with legitimate speed 
throughout this entire event is huge. I think that's a big indication. And yeah, I think Martin Truex started like fifth or sixth in his heat and mowed through the field and won that thing and had a good battle with Kyle Busch there at the end. And mm-hmm. I got him a good spot, but Bubba Wallace in a Toyota was really, really fast. Denny Hamlin in a Toyota was really, really fast. Tyler Reddick crept around the top five most of the night. So I think it's a huge start for Toyota and it's a testament to uh, them kind of figuring it out versus the opening year of the Gen 7 race car. Like Toyota's just not going to be terrible two years in a row. It's not going to happen, guys. So, yeah, I think it's a Toyota revenge tour, but I mean, with everything that happened with Truex, and him coming out, set send, uh, setting the tone, winning the clash. Yeah, I think it is a Martin Truex Jr. revenge tour. But I cannot take him out of Dale Center prison until I bet on him and he wins a bet for me. Like, that's how this works. What if he, so, what if he broke out of prison? Like, what if he's, he's been doing so many fucking push-ups, dude? And, like, he's just that, – that's why he's out here like this. He's like, fuck these walls. No, he can't break out. Not – he's still – I mean – since like August, he has been behind me, like where I'm sitting in the Dale Center in the heart of America right now. He is sitting on this wall in prison behind me, has not moved in like eight months. And yeah, he won the clash. Congratulations. But what did I get out of it? I took a fucking L because my two of my favorite plays were Kyle Bush and Austin Dillon, Same. who finished third and second. And uh-huh. Yeah, that pisses me the fuck off. So no, Truex is not out of prison. He's still not on my good side. <laughs> He's uh yeah, all right. So not not on probation, not but he is he is all the way in. This motherfucker might be in solitary confinement in a Dale Center, Dale Center prison, uh, with Warden Dale. Uh, but I will say that you know the the Toyotas as a whole, like you said, like they they look good. And and when you look at like I think I don't know if this is exactly what your reasoning was, but like when you look at like where they were at the beginning of the year, and then you look at Martinsville, like they definitely had you know something that they figured out. And like this track is obviously a lot shorter than Martinsville, but it just seems like short tracks like people forgot you know like martin martin was a short track boy he he had found his groove he found his way uh after a lot of years not being good at short tracks to being good at it. it's like it's like he woke up i don't know but uh but yeah it would have been great if kyle bush would have won had plus 1100 and it would have been amazing if austin dylan would have won because it's another one of the uh the super long i think you had him at what like it was well over like six six thousand six yeah sixty six hundred and that was man it burns even more because i talked about that one all week i posted it on the action network um on monday monday and he turned out to have speed and i mean rcr great start to their season obviously from a performance standpoint with their guys you know finishing second and third on the podium but yeah that one hurt austin dillon Oh, man, he he was moving everybody, dude. He was and he wrecked Bubba. Obviously, we talked. You kind of mentioned that, but I, I had a feeling he'd be there. Um, of course, Kyle Busch was more of a top play, if you will, and, and we both aligned on Kyle Busch. But yeah, that typical fashion, typical karma, like. My picks finished second and third, and the guy that I hate more than anybody other than Austin Cindric 
it, uh, wins the race after not winning a single race last year and cursing me every time I bet on him. Like, that's good, though, because now maybe all the bad karma is out of the way. You get all the bad karma out of the way early. You do it with the first race of the year. That's a winning combination going forward, I think. Get yeah. the bad karma out. Get it out now. It's gone. Boom. Day 2500, we're winning. It's gone. We we're already we've already moved on. We've already moved on to the day 2500. I, I do think it is fair to to give a little shout out to uh NASCAR Titan uh Greg Mathern. He did uh bet on Martin Truex Jr. Uh, I think it was yeah. a last minute deal for him. He put a little bit of cheddar down on Martin. So you know, the garage guy, garage guy's uh, family of of betters, not a total L because of him getting that. Uh, were we happy with it? No, but I'm it- frustrated. I, I was frustrated because I talked about Austin Dillon top three as well. I recommended people take that one, and then I didn't take it just because I was like, I got mm-hmm. you know three and a half units on this. I feel good about what I have. I was way bigger on William Byron. That was. I feel like the main thing I was wrong about was Willie B. Um, I had a lot out there. And I was like, you know what? I'll stick with what I have. And then if I had bet Austin Dillon, which you could have got at like 14 to one or even nine to one after the heats or qualifying would have been a good day. So yeah. um, I feel you, like everything was okay, but go ahead. Go how ahead. do you feel about, uh, you know, some people were talking about how Joey Logano wins a clash last year, then he goes on to win the championship. Uh, how do you feel about – I mean, obviously you're not probably going to take a Martin Truex Jr. future, but I, I, I don't remember what the odds were on him winning a championship, but I'm sure they have to uh, – I'm sure they've had to change by now. Uh, I, I would think so, at least. Yeah, I think, you know, what I want to know – Um. Let's see. I'm pulling out Barcel Sportsbook right now. Martin Truex to win the title is at twelve plus twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that was probably closer to sixteen, eighteen to twenty to one. Had to be. Yeah. And what I what I want to know is what his win total is now on Caesar Sportsbook. Because Caesar's had Caesar's had a bunch of drivers in the Cup Series win totals, Cup Series race wins. They did and. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, uh, I have it. Uh, it was. It's the same. It's the same. Wow, wow. It's at it's at uh, over one and a half at minus one eighty. That is what it was before the Rolex twenty four. So they're not budging on that, which I think is fair. That was already a juicy line. So very true, very true. But yeah, I know that Greg Greg had he had tweeted out. He was like, "Go ahead and get your Martin Truex Jr." Uh, futures. It's like if if Martin Truex Jr. wins the championship this year, you got to start wondering, you know, if we're li- truly living in a simulation and if we can get out of that simulation or not, uh, because that would be a little scary. It would be a little too close to comfort for me. Well, you know what? There's only one year of a of a sample size of a dry of a driver winning the clash and winning the title. It has happened one year in a row. So yeah. I think we're all kind of now what would have been crazier is if Bubba had won the race 22 number 22 wins in in year 22 and then number 23 wins in year 23. That would be like okay, maybe I'm going to go grab a Bubba Wallace future, right? Trevor mentioned that um a couple months ago. He was like, you know, the 22 and 22. That's what he said all 2022 and now he's like 
maybe next year Bubba Wallace, the 23 and 23. I was yeah, like, and, and for a minute, felt like it was going to happen. It felt like it was going to happen. Shout out to him. Uh, let's talk about another guy that led uh, laps in this race. Uh, interesting stat. Uh, this driver led more laps in this one race than the previous driver of the car did all season last year. That's Ryan Priest in the 41 car. Uh, really showing that that 41 car maybe not as bad as we thought it was. How did you feel about seeing Ryan Priest lead all those laps, and were you just as gut-wrenched as I was in those moments? Well, I would have really – that's another bet I would have bit myself on because on Dale Center, I was answering questions towards the end, and somebody asked me – somebody in the chat said, who is a sleeper play for tonight? And I'd already given out Austin Dillon. I talked about Chase Briscoe. I was like, those are my sleepers. And I said, if there's another sleeper play, Ryan Priest, for sure. It's I did not expect him to go out there and lead 40. I don't know how many laps it was, but to go out there and lead a bunch of laps, carve through the field and and almost run away with it. If I don't know what had happened. They they were saying on the radio there, there may have been some kind of electrical issue that contributed to him falling back so much. I think he's still finishing the top 10, but um, definitely an encouraging start. And and Mike Joy said it in the booth, actually. Mike Joy said this might come as a surprise to a bunch of people, but there's probably no driver in the field that has as much experience recently on tracks sized similarly to the Coliseum. With his, He has a big modified background, so... Uh, he races on all sorts of little tracks and has certainly done it more on a paved quarter mile, half mile racetrack than anybody else in the field. So it's not that that's what I was thinking, saying, hey, Ryan Priest could be a good sleeper. Did not expect him to go through the field and take the lead at any at any point, though. And I think he led the most laps in the clash. Is that correct? Um, I'd be lying if I said I knew completely, but you know what? You you may be lying. I don't know because I don't have that pulled up in front of me. But I just thought, how great would it be to have odds on how many laps a driver's going to lead? And there you go. There you gosh, go. Bam! That there's a fact for you right there. That should have been a fact. Um, but yeah, I, I you got to be a little excited for him. You got to be happy for Tony, and, and you got to be happy for Ryan. Obviously, um, Ryan, you know him getting kind of like pushed out i think the he was with what jtg uh and then I, I had this feeling like okay he was like i remember this was like 2019 or 2020 uh had to maybe it was 2020 where he was at the the roval and like he was like running like 13th at one point and i'm like man like th- this dude's really not that bad i'm like he he definitely deserves a ride so it's good to see it all come together for him and well i mean it, it makes sense though i mean the program didn't want to continue with two cars when yeah. I mean I think he only had like five top tens in two years. That's just not I mean that for a race team for full operation and JTG who's been around for a while, like that was that was when they were like, let's just put all of our resources back into one car and see how this goes. So I understand the move, but it's a good revamping for a guy that has been good in opportunities in lower tier series when given a chance. And more, most recently in the truck series, where he's been really good in that number 17 for uh, DGR, which is, well, now it's Tricon Garage, fucking Tron-like future shit. Yeah, right. you know. He won Nashville 
Uh, I remember I think in what yes he won. Did he win another one? Yeah, this year he won at um I, I think it was I think it was Nashville. I think he went back to back at Nashville and he had multiple uh multiple top fives, top threes. I know he ran second at Pocono to Chandler Smith because I had a lot of money on Priest to win that race and was very upset. But no, the guy has proven that when he's had really good equipment, he he can run with the boys. Like he can run with everybody. So this is like his final chance in the cup series. I think this is his final opportunity to prove something. And I think he'll get two years to do that, but you know, we'll get off topic talking about the Ryan priest opportunity. Best thing about it all is just the fact that he led and I pulled it up 43 laps, which was the most out of anybody in the Bushlight clash and had a great run to start the season off. And, you know, Tony Stewart sitting up in the booth was was real fucking happy to see that after what we've seen out of the 41 car over the past couple of years. And I think Cole Custer, good move for him to go back to the Xfinity Series, probably going to be a force. Yeah. So it, this, work, this seems like it's going to work for all parties. At least that's what indications show early in the season. But, you it know, smells good. yet to be seen. Yeah, it smells good. That's a good way to put it. I like I like that much so far. So I don't want to get too much into like, you know, things we saw. Like you, you don't want to take too much away from this race, right? Like if you see somebody have a bad time or something happen, like this isn't the rest of the fucking year. Like we there's the first race is an exhibition race. We have a, a ton of time left. But there was a lot of uh a lot of people had money on uh on on old Christopher Bell. Uh, at this race, like I know spider and large, like the whole barstool crew was like betting on Christopher bell. And then like, I remember like he was on a podcast last week and was talking about how he can't race dirt anymore. And then like, he, he just didn't have like the, the greatest time it seemed like, you know, so we're starting, I, I am starting, I don't know if you will be partaking with me. Um, but I'm starting the, uh, Chris bells game plan for dirt. So we're going to make some pamphlets, kind of like Joe Gibbs game plan for life. We're going to put it together campaign. We're, we're going to make sure everybody knows that, you know, Chris Bell needs to race on dirt because he just seems like he's not having a good time. Uh, he didn't have a good time to clash. Might be a different story later on down the road, but nah, he's going to, he's going to have a great year. He's going to, he's going to be a, a get him fucking on contender. I think, no, no, no. I mean, he, yeah, Bristol dirt might win that, but he's going to win multiple races on, asphalt or and or concrete in 2023 definitely new hampshire you take that to the bank yeah. i think like i said it, i mean you want to go back to toyota if they are at all better than they were in the first half of last year like you're going to see early wins from Bell, you're going to see early wins from truex and more wins from denny hamlin it's going to happen so i think christopher bell once we hit the regular season and get out of daytona is going to lead the charge yeah, I believe that. Um, before we do move off of Clash, I just wanted to to briefly say um, just shout out to everybody that was just amazing uh, this past weekend. Uh, there's so many names, and you know, it, you know who you are out there. I appreciate you. Had a great time. Um, also, forgot to mention I got to meet Steve Phelps, which was pretty cool. Uh, oh, nice, nice. He was uh, he was just up chilling all by himself. I did ask him. I did say there's some rumors swirling, Steve, about about this being a points race, and he just kind of like cocked his eye at me, and I it, like so he didn't give me a yes or a no. But it's like he was like, "What are you talking like? How you know about this? What do you what do you mean?" So, um, well, it's only been public on Twitter for like a week now. You know, 
he may, I may maybe he doesn't run his Twitter. I don't know. Um, it, it looked like it was news to him. So, um, probably not, but just wanted to say that anyway, but yeah, just shout out to everybody that was there that made the weekend. Great. Uh, made a lot of new friends and a lot of new connections and, uh, just people that I, I think we're going to have a great time with this year. So I'm, I'm really excited about it and, uh, just excited to get going. I'm excited for Daytona, man. And, and, and speaking of Daytona, Dale, uh, some, some new bets have dropped, for the Daytona 500 and and I'm kind of excited about it and and I kind of want to know if 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 you want to talk about them a little bit with me. Dude, yeah, absolutely. So at the time of us recording this podcast, we've looked up and Barstool Sports and Caesars have added a full plate of bets and outcomes for so the Daytona 500. Caesars has primarily focused on a bunch of matchups. Barstool on the other hand has added race props, manufacturer, head-to-heads as well, and team of race winner. But I I think the best we've, – we've given a few Daytona 500 bets in the pod on the last episode, I think, um, when we did our betting preview. But these manufacturer bets I, I'm pretty interested in. And in particular, I'll start with a guy that we talked about just a second ago. Ryan Priest at 12 to 1 for top Ford. Top Ford at 12 to 1. He's about ninth on this list. And uh compared to all the other competitors who drive Ford Mustangs. And when you look at Ryan Priest at super speedways, he has been awesome on super speedways. And his last three starts, which were in the JTG Doherty Chevrolet. Finished two in the top five and all three in the top ten. Ryan Priest, when he was in the Cup Series last, would always find himself at the end of these races at Daytona. So I think there's a there's a strong chance that if you finish somewhere between fifth or fourth and seventh, you could be the manu- you could be the top manufacturer of the race or the top driver for your manufacturer. I, I guess is a better way to put that. So I like Ryan Priest at 12 to 1 for top forward. You go look at the data. Guy's a very underrated super speedway racer that has repeatedly found himself at the end of these races. Yeah. And, and I like where you're at on that too. You're talking about, you know, the Fords earlier. Like obviously, you know, between Ford and Chevy, like there's a lot less like big time drivers, I guess you would say, for Ford. And I don't want to like downplay anybody, but I mean, it's just the truth. I think that that could be a great bet, especially after the confidence that we've seen in him, you know, this past week. And then what we've heard of him on different shows, I think he was on Corey LaJoy's show and he was, he was just, he was feeling himself. So I think that's a great one for Ford. I'm going to go down to top Chevy. And I think that the no brainer for me right here is Austin Dillon top Chevy at plus 1300. I love that. And I don't think there's any explanation really needed. You and I have both talked about it for a very long time. You, you bet on Austin Dillon to win in the summer at Daytona and, you know, pop that one big time. That was a big ass bag. So at plus 1300 here, I don't think the odds are, are too much longer for him to win the race, but I think he could definitely be a top Chevy to win this race. I think we've seen enough. I mean, he is also a former Daytona 500 winner. So there is that as well. So I think that those odds are, are pretty great right there. So I love that one. Yeah. I mean, most sports books have Austin Dillon around 25 to 30 to one to win the 500. So 
cut that. I mean, you could probably get deep with the math on this and the value of it, but what was that? 13 to one. Is that what you said? Yeah. For top Chevy. Yeah. I like that bet too. I think there's a lot of, a, a lot of appealing bets that can make you a fat profit outside of just picking the winner of the race. If you want to lean towards manufacturer bets. Now, there's a chance that since Barstool is the first book to offer it, DraftKings or Caesars or BetMGM might come out and offer so, some slightly better lines to try to pull you over to their sports books. But um, after the clash, I don't know. After the clash, like, yeah, I am a little worried about what we're looking at on the betting markets. I know we said, yeah, we think we believe that there will be more. But essentially what I'm saying is I don't, I think it's very uncertain where these books are going to go with these type of bets and when they might open up lines and where the value might be. So, yeah, I think these are two bets right off the bat that I would grab right now when you listen to this. Ryan Priest, 12 to 1 for top Ford, and then Austin Dillon, 13 to 1 for top Chevy. Uh, absolutely love both of those bets. And, and I was just going to note real quick, you know. Uh, yeah, I feel like there is merit for this. You know, Jimmy Johnson's plus eighteen hundred for Top Chevy, and I don't know if you've heard the news or not, but apparently Mike Davis he doesn't want to see any people like you know William Byron or Ross Chastain pass Jimmy Johnson because it'll taint his legacy. So you know, all the jabronis better get the fuck out the way. Plus eighteen hundred. Here comes Jimmy Johnson, untainted with Nas tanks, and also possibly overtime if he's not in first. So there is that. That that's just I haven't listened to anything, but I didn't listen to anything either. I just read. I, I that's got to be. I, yeah, I know. Like the funny part of it, but that's from a level of of seriousness for someone to say that. It's got to be taken out of context in some oh, kind of way, or right? What what's that? Or he wasn't being serious. What no, what'd you say? It's, it's hard to believe that somebody would be serious about that, especially somebody that is like the co-host of like one of the largest NASCAR podcasts. Yeah, I mean, dude, Richard Petty got passed by everybody in the last 10 years of his career. Like, what are we talking about here? Jimmy Johnson got passed by a lot of people before he retired. It's the first time. Yeah, I mean, not the last 10 years, but maybe, yeah, the last couple years weren't great for Jimmy, but. That was a joke. I don't know. Johnson plus 1800 for Top Chevy. Don't do it. Oh, you see, you don't like that bet. Oh, that was a fucking joke. Like, I think, you know, he has a qualify. He's got to qualify his way in, dude. Why the fuck would I bet on that? Yeah, no, no. But what? But but other bets that we have. But I think the main thing, like I, I love what you're saying about watching the other books because, like, I I was a product of that, right? Like I got antsy. I bet on Chase Briscoe plus twenty eight hundred to win the Clash. It doesn't matter if he won or not. What I'm saying is I bet on him plus twenty eight hundred. Those odds drove dove all the way down to plus twenty two hundred. Then DraftKings rolls out and gives him plus three thousand. Then boom, Barstool pumps him back up to plus three thousand. So it can happen. So just be on your p's and q's. That's all I got to say. I think Corey LaJoy, 35 to 1 for top Chevy, isn't a bad play either. Spire, Spire has an act for kind of figuring out how to race these super speedway races, it feels like. Atlanta. Look at they it. All, yeah. But I mean, even outside of Atlanta, they, they have many top 10 runs over the past few years. And I know the, the summer race is like this is quite an anomaly because of how many cars crashed due to that, that, whole rain deal but i don't think we'll ever see that again dale i don't know we, we this type of racing breeds crazy wrecks so i'll never say never on that but a whole my point is like 
on the wet track. I don't know. Well, I, t- I mean, Talladega in 2002, I think uh, in the Xfinity race, like 30 plus drivers were wrecked out in one crash. And there was like four unscathed cars running at the end of that race back in 2002. I mean, like th- it, it's super just the style of racing. It's super speedway racing. So I think that's, and I don't know. You can look at it in, in one of two ways. Like you can that. see, I didn't watch that race. I'll well, you can see, that. you can see both sides of the spectrum here. Like I feel like Ty Dillon in the number 77 plus 6,600 for top Chevy. Like he's going to run at the back the whole race and avoid all the crashes. Corey LaJoy. Maybe I feel like Corey's going to be aggressive and try to run up front like he was at, at Atlanta, you know? So I don't know, even, I think there's potential to take both Spire cars at these lines. I kind of like it. And top then, Chevy. yeah, just for top Chevy. I also, um, just pointing out more that the books are offering, or in particular, Barstool Sports book. Uh, you can bet on top tens once again. Ooh, I'm can, you, can you parlay them? You cannot parlay them. Okay, just right. making sure. Right. I just tried. Um, I think Cody Ware for top ten is kind of a is a decent bet wait a second hold on this is that's to win let me scroll down here plus 1100 yeah i so i i was kind of thinking that the best you'd be able to get for anybody to get a top 10 would be like plus 800 but to to see plus 1100 on here for connor daly cody Ware, bj mcleod like yeah i love cody Ware here because he has scored a top 10 before He's going to be one of those guys that rides around, avoids the crashes, keeps the car in one piece. And if we see a big wreck fest, like we have seen many times before, Cody Ware could get himself a top 10. He ran top 20 of the Daytona 500 last year, right? Didn't you bet on that when they offered that? Top 20, RIP to top 20 bets. Uh, hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll see him again. Hopefully we'll see him again. plus odds, bro. That was yeah. like, like plus 200 or something. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Based off of these lines, Cody Ware for a top 10 at plus 1,100. I think there's a 90% chance you would see him at plus money for a top 20 like you did last year because I think plus 1,100 for just in this line is kind of crazy because of the the degree of craziness that Super Speedway Racing offers. So He's I like Cody Ware plus 1,100 for a top 10. I'll go ahead and tell you that. I think it's a good bet. Ever since this new car came out, Cody, you know, just just chatting with him, you know, and, and being around like, you know, that, that vibe of the Rick Ware, like, I mean, this year, like he's not doing anything else. He is 100% dedicated to the NASCAR cup car. Like that's his, his job. And like, just seeing him this past weekend, dude, like he didn't do nothing. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like I love Cody to death, you know, could Cody have made it into the clash? Maybe, but you know, the car wasn't where it needed to be. He didn't make it. But that dude was literally like, I was hoping to get to hang out with Cody, maybe, maybe go to town. We went to the comedy store like like I did last year. You know, I was hoping he would come out for that. Like, no, dude, homeboy went straight home. Got he's like, I gotta go to sleep. We gotta focus. Like, dude was just right. Like, he's he he wants it, man. Like, I mean, he wants it and they're doing what they gotta do to do it. We talked to Rick, we had him on garage talk. Like, they're focused on NASCAR this year. So I think that a top 10 bet. I'm I'm riding that wave with you, Dale. I'm riding that all the way to the fucking bank, dude. Plus eleven hundred, I'm in. Count me in. Love it. Yeah, and of course, yeah, we had that. We had a great conversation with Rick Ware 
at the Rolex last week. And I think they, they certainly have more optimism heading into the year. Considering that, or in spite of that, though, their best chances, I think, are always going to be in these races. They're always going to be at Daytona and Talladega and Atlanta. So that's plus 1,100 for a top 10 is so obtainable. So, so obtainable. Now, it, I'm sure some people will be like, well, what about if you're looking at this while you're listening? What about Connor Daly? Don't trust that number 50 car. I, I've, they've had a lot of problems. They only run, they only run a couple races a year. I'm not on that one as much as I love Connor. I'm just a little worried about the equipment. And how you know. much longer can the uh, how how much shorter will those odds get? Even if he does make it in, right? Like that's what you have to really think about here. Because like, yeah, it's plus eleven hundred, but I mean, what, it's what, not going to go. It's not going to go cheaper. Yeah. It's definitely not going to go cheaper, right? Yeah. No. So, yeah, I, I and BJ McLeod, I feel like the equipment's not as good as what Rick Ware has. So that's kind of why out of. Yeah. Out of those three, yeah, 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 BJ did, BJ did, but I think the Rick Ware equipment is a little bit better than what BJ McLeod's equipment was with Live Fast uh, last year. So that's if I had to pick one, I'd go Cody Ware, and I'll, I'll go a couple more in the Ford department here. Chase Briscoe finished third in the Daytona 500 last year, and he's eleven to one for top Ford. Mm. Um, man, there's just good value in the Ford camp, dude. I mean, there's a whole little group of guys that could all be good bets and that's briscoe mcdowell ryan priest and almirola and they're all plus 1100 plus 1200 and plus 1300 almirola especially he's been so close to winning this race before and is a super speedway winner two-time super speedway w- winner has won duels the guy's a good super speedway racer and 13 to one for top four, just man, for some reason that that sticks out to me. So I might be on that along with Ryan Priest and Michael McDowell. Like you can say whatever, he probably won't win. His only win happened because two guys wrecked in front of him. And I can't stress that enough, but he's a good super speedway racer. He's, if he finds himself in the top three and in the top five at the end of these races, very, very often compared to the average race car driver in the cup series. So 11 to one for top Ford, I think is a good bet on uh, McDowell too. Yeah. He's plus plus one ninety five for a top 10 as well. So if that doesn't tell you anything, then I don't know what will, uh, I was looking at some more of these top 10 odds uh, that, that they had down here. Uh, Todd Gilliland is somebody he, well, he kind of got some bad news. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if anybody's heard or if you've heard, but apparently he's not running full time in that car this year and he was kind of shocked by that news so uh you know maybe that'll put a damper on his spirits or maybe it goes the other way and maybe he's like fuck this shit i'm about to get out here and do something you gotta make the most yeah he's plus 400 uh and then zane smith is plus 500 for a top 10 they're both gonna be with front row uh so yeah like that, there's just some extra stuff there. Ty Dillon plus 500. You're talking about top Chevy and stuff like that. I feel like the, I feel like a more realistic bet would probably be more in this top 10 category because I do think that, you know, somebody like Todd could probably get there. Ty Dillon, we've seen that. Uh, Corey LaJoy at plus 325. Like these are some of the guys in the top 10. Like I, I do wish that they were, they were longer, but I mean, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You could, definitely see something like this going down and then i like the I, i'm not i would i'm not even going to consider a top 10 bet unless it's plus 300 or more 
Yeah, yeah. We because to- of everything we've we've already discussed with how super speedway style racing is, like anything that's not plus three hundred at the minimum is is not worth it. That's my opinion. So I like the Corey LaJoy one plus three twenty five. Ty Dillon plus five hundred isn't bad. Like as we talked about. I like the guys for top 10 bets. I like the guys that will sit, they'll hang around. They will do absolutely nothing until the final few laps. They'll avoid all the wrecks and then they'll make their moves. And I mean, last year you pull out the Daytona 500 results from uh, 2022. David Reagan is a great example, right? David Reagan was in a Rick Ware car, didn't do anything the entire race and got a top 10. And I, I remember that was one of my bets last year, too. So there's going to be a couple of those guys in the Daytona 500 that do exactly just that. Sit in the back, avoid all the trouble, pop up at the end. And I think Ty Dillon is a great candidate. Last year finished 11th in the Daytona 500. But look at these guys that did finish in the top 15 in this race in 2022. Landon Castle in the 77. Corey LaJoy in the seven. Uh, you could Daniel Hemrick in the 16. Ty Dillon in the 42, which is now the 77. David Reagan, as I just said, finished in the top 10, finishing eighth. McDowell finished seventh. I mean, you got seven to eight guys in this range that realistically can score a top 10 when the when the field gets gets just uh what's the term? When the field shrinks from crashes, essentially. So Definitely keep an eye on those guys when looking at these kind of bets and and where they're priced at on other sports books as we get closer to the Daytona 500. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. We're, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Like we said, Barstool and Caesars are really the two books that have been going heavy on that. We'll wait and see what DraftKings cooks up, FanDuel, and some of these other guys. But uh, on, on the flip side of that, we, I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot of time over here. But if, if you go on Barstool Sportsbook matchups, usually you're going to have minus odds there. It, it's not uh, it's not that, I guess, uncommon. Right. And, and Caesars is very limited to what they have at plus money for matchups. But me personally, I, I think that you're way better off with, you know, top 10 our manufacturers, some of these other types of prop bets than you are doing matchups at super speedways. But just to kind of go over it a little bit over on Caesar Sportsbook, I feel like if you are going to do matchups, that's probably like right now at this very moment, that's probably where you're going to get a little bit more value. I just kind of want to turn it over to you, Dale. Do you see anything that kind of sticks out to you out of those matchups that even if you're not going to bet it, that you might just kind of throw out there to say, Hey, this, this isn't too bad of a, of a bet. Yeah. I mean, I personally am not going to bet any matchups. I'll go ahead and tell you guys that right now. And I learned my lesson in 2021 when everybody crashed, Go back and watch the 2021 Daytona 500 when everybody crashed on like lap four before the rains came. I I just had this intuition in my betting card that I was going to hit all these matchups along with the race winner. I bet on five matchups and I lost all five of them in the first eight laps of the race because all my guys were collected in the same wreck. I mean, it was insane. So for, for that experience alone no more matchups at super speedways which i I think i maybe have bet on a few matchups since that happened that 
I thought were valuable, but for I feel like I have finally officially learned my lesson on on matchups. I try to remind myself of that race. So um, when you look at Caesar Sportsbook, contrary to Barstool, they do offer plus money with a few guys like Austin Hills plus money against Ryan Priest in a matchup. Jimmy Johnson is plus money against Alex Bowman in a matchup. I'm still not touching anything, but if there's one matchup that I kind of am tempted to touch, I would take Zane Smith over Chandler Smith. And they have Zane Smith as the underdog in this matchup. Both of these guys do have to race their way into the, into the Daytona 500. Uh, maybe they're thinking that colleague is just better equipment and better at the super speedways. But if both of these drivers make the race, like I'm on Zane Smith because he's got he's got some experience in this race car. Chandler Smith has never been in a Cup Series car, and he's only started like two Xfinity Series races. I think there's an experience factor here where Chandler Smith, if he does get in, could make a mistake and be out of this Daytona 500 early. This is a race that is not good for rookies and a race car that definitely doesn't suit a rookie hopping in and doing something special. So I feel like if I had to take one matchup, I would take Zane Smith versus Chandler Smith in that one. But that got shit on like at the Caesars office, they were like, but bro, he won a snowball derby. Right. Well, it's, it really doesn't matter because it is such a toss up. It is such a toss up. That we bet on like what, who if, will not make or who will like like can you keep that, that would be sick. Know. Yeah, what what we were talking about earlier. Who will make the Daytona five hundred? That'd be a good bet. That'd be a fun bet. Like that you. makes that makes the duels even more fun because not only can you bet on the winner of the duels, now you can bet on who gets the transfer spots. I think that'd be a great bet, and mm-hmm. it's a year where we have more entries than we'll have guys that make the show. So uh, it'll be exciting, but yeah, even after qualifying after the duels, I'm, I'm staying away from head to head matchups. I think you gotta, if you want to bet anything at a super speedway, it's, it's gotta be on the plus side. It's gotta be plus money and shit. Not even plus plus one fifty or plus 200. I'm thinking plus 300 or cheaper. Uh, that's, that's, going to be my philosophy going forward i'll just add that the only way i'm okay with anybody doing matchups at a super speedway is if you're parlaying a shit ton of them and you're betting very small amounts so that's where i stand on that if you want to be a psycho like a psychopath and you want to do that you know we like psycho parlay sometimes you know you want to kind of fuck around a little bit you know throw a quarter or two on it i don't care I think that's where it's okay. But yeah, for the most part, sticking to props, sticking to outrights, you know, and, and, and that's just, that, that's the way it should be at Daytona, Talladega, and at Atlanta Dega now, as we would call it. But, right. Um, I, if, if that's all, I, I know that I, I feel like we, I, I'm happy that we went over all that. And, and I hope that you guys listening are as well. We want to keep bringing you up to the minute betting stuff uh, as much as we can. Of course, Dale Center will be back next week for the Daytona 500. So be sure to be on alert for that over on Garage Guys YouTube. Make sure you hit a subscribe while you're over there, like, comment, all that jazz. And uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, Dale, don't ever miss another clash, please. I know you. I, this one was okay. I get it. But uh, I definitely, I definitely, you know, you had FOMO. I had Dale Moe, 
I miss I miss Dale a little bit. It, it was definitely not the same without you. I'll say that. Yeah, well, I tell tell my good friends to not have weddings. Yeah, that, that's what that's I want. What you I to said do. this was an excused one. This is okay. I understand. Tell them to not <laughs> decide to tie the knot. Thanks a lot, James. I appreciate you. Letters tell them to not tie the knot during race weekends, and then we'll see. Oh my god, it's like we'll just start forcing them to have to get married at the 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 racetracks. Yeah, find a way to sabotage the wedding. Like pay somebody to sabotage it like a week before, and now they got to push it back. Like yeah. That's Get ordained, and then you can you can marry your friends at the racetrack. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, just yeah. We'll we'll take the wedding and move it to the clash. Master Dale, here he comes. Fly it out to L.A. Yeah, <laughs> I got you guys. I got everybody covered. That's good shit. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. Be on the lookout for all the odds dropping this week on all the books out there. Let us know what you like as well. You know where to find us. You can find me at Garage Guy Chase on all social media. Find Dale at Dale Tanhart and collectively at Garage Guys Racing or on Twitter at Garage Guys FS. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great week. The Super Bowl is this weekend. A lot of people will be betting on that. I uh, can't wait to see all of the ridiculous props that they put out for that i'm sure that i will uh dabble a little bit uh in there who who do you before we leave like are, are you going eagles or are you going chiefs it's so tough um I, I think i have not bet i hadn't even kept up with how the lines are moving but i think i remember chiefs plus one or plus two uh, i think that's what i'll go with give me the Chiefs spread if they're the underdog and then give me Jarek McKinnon first touchdown and uh Quez Watkins first touchdown. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, I will I will jot that down. Um, I will probably uh I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out national anthem run times. That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna mess around with. So let's I'm go, gonna... yeah. Let's go over on the national anthem. hundred percent. Always, dude. Got you. All right. Well, this has been a show. Uh again. Like I said, at Garage Guys FS, at Garage Guys, uh, rate, review, subscribe. We love you, and we will see you again very soon, Garage Fam. Have a damn good week.